Hi, this is Mo. And this is Sarah, and you're listening to the podcast Bird Shit. We started this podcast to share our love of birding with other enthusiastic birders in the world. Submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, I call this story Bird Shit Podcast Halloween Edition. I like how we just took two different pop culture references and merged them together. (laughs) Yeah, it was good. It was good. Well, welcome to the All Things Spooky podcast. On this week's episode, we'll be covering a variety of the scary things within the world of birds in honor of what is my favorite holiday, Halloween, because I love candy and scary shit. It really is the perfect holiday for you. It is. It really is. I mean, you get free candy, you get to wear a costume, and as an adult, you should drink on this holiday. (laughs) Or you should drink now when you record your podcast too gotta stay hydrated baby yeah so sarah definitely likes being creeped out more than i do but i like birds and so i'm into creepy birds mo hates anything scary or sad like anything scary or sad and i love all things scary and sad yeah that's why christmas is my favorite holiday oh yeah you eat cookies and you celebrate the birth of a savior you believe in that and (laughs) People give you presents and you get to wear sweaters. That's essentially my holiday. I mean, you celebrate the devil. You get candy as a present. You get to wear cool costumes. You carve a pumpkin. Carving pumpkins is sweet. Yeah. I can get down with that. And then you feed the neighborhood squirrels because they crawl into your pumpkins and eat them. See, it's environmentally conscious. That is. So because we all like to get spooked out by things that go bump in the night, We figured we'd start this episode out by previewing some of the creepy bird calls you might hear out in the dark. We have been trying to figure out how to do bird calls on here. All these bird calls that you're listening to are from the Macaulay Library that are posted in eBird, so we do not own the rights to any of these, but we will provide the links to all of these calls in the podcast notes so that you can get to them and listen to them yourself and acquaint yourself with them. But for this episode, we're going to take you and paint a scene of where you would hear these birds in the wild. For our first call, I, I feel I feel like I just adopted this weird persona. You adopted like a sexy phone call <laughs> voice to be scary, I feel like. Maybe that's my maybe that's like my own personal nightmare. Like that's what I associate with fear. A phone sex operator? Yep, that's what scares me the most apparently. Yep, I think that's perfect. But please continue. I am No, maybe I No, I, 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 love, it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay. Now I want to change my voice. I want to do it. I want to change my voice. I don't know what spooky. I don't know what scary sounds like. Dude, I, just... I loved it. Uh, okay. You're rowing your canoe alone at night. The still water is black, shimmering the full moon in the distance. And you hear this sound. That was the common loon. And I do not like that noise. I mean, it's it's not creepy if I heard it during the daytime, I feel like. But at night, I would be like, this. that I feel like is like when you watch Jason, which you've probably never seen. Like when they're out in the water at night, I feel like that is the noise you would hear. I think what's crazy about the sound is that for such a beautiful bird... Like the common loon's call is super eerie. Like like it almost like reaches that pitch where it's just like, I don't know, like chainsaw noise. Just like a, a weird decibel that just like. Rawr. That was a good one. 
The common loon. So the common loon, it's a large-bodied diving bird. They've got beautiful plumage, a very quintessential black and white patterning on them. You'll mostly find them on lakes and ponds in the boreal forest. In winter, you might find them on bays in an open ocean, and they sometimes end up in like loose flocks, but mostly they're single or, or paired. They are notorious for diving deep to catch fish in clear water. And typically in in the north is where you'll find them in North America. They are in Europe as well. But North America, Canada, you'll find a lot of them in those areas. Awesome. So I will set us up for our next spooky scene. And I'll also try and do a creepy voice. This bird you might hear when you're walking to your summer cabin. Just as the sun is setting and you hear the leaves rustle, beware the call of this creepy owl. So that screech is brought to you by the beautiful and scary barn owl. The barn owl is the most widely distributed species of owl, and it can be found in almost anywhere in the world except polar and desert regions. They're rarely seen, and they're known to be very mysterious. They have plumage on the head and back, which is a multitude shade of greater brown, and it's very iridescent and pretty, and they have a white face with a striking beak in the middle. It does not hoot, but utters an eerie, drawn-out shriek. You know what they remind me of? They remind me of those little white little spirit type things that are running around in the Miyazaki oh, yeah. films, like the little ghost things in the mm-hmm. forests. That's exactly what they remind me of. Like, and they even like turn their heads like sideways and stuff and upside down, like those things in the I forest. I have one tattooed on me. They're my favorite. Wait, you do? I don't know about that tattoo. Yeah, my back. Shut up. Oh, yeah. Barn Owl? Oh, I thought you meant the. the oh Miyazaki. no. <laughs> Guys, I was like, I Dude, don't that'd know be that cool. One. I love that. I love Miyazaki. Dude, you should get a hybrid tattoo, like a barn owl with one of the Miyazaki faces instead of the barn owl. That would be a really weird, but very spooky. That would be super creepy. So that was our barn owl. All right, here comes our next sound. We imagine you'd hear this wild call in the abandoned insane asylum. In the Australian outback. Dude, your voices are getting me. (laughs) Nice and creepy. Yeah. That laugh is terrifying that's like the joker bird is really what that is oh my god yes that's the gotham bird aka the laughing kookaburra that one yeah that laugh is something i imagine in the insane asylum for sure oh yeah the kookaburra is indigenous i think to australia well no it's found in new zealand too it is a large kingfisher, so these birds, they've got like a beak that's like really good for diving and everything to get into the water and get some fish. It has a really recognizable and distinctive laugh, which gives it its name, as we've just heard. Despite being recognizable and distinctive, I would also deem it incredibly spooky. Yeah. It works. And it's a pretty common bird, too. It's a pretty common bird in Australia, especially on the eastern coast of Australia. So 
for all of our mates down under. Creepy noise to hear camping in the outback. Oh, yeah. No, thanks. Our next one. You gotta come with a different creepy voice. Our next one is brought to you when you would be on vacation, lost and frightened in the forest of Central and South America. I think the sound for that bird is just as creepy as the way that bird looks. That melancholy sound comes from the common potu. So the common potu is found in Central and South America and is a large bird designed to look like a log. And it does, it man. Does. That's like, it's straight up log bird. It's a nocturnal bird and can be located at night by the reflection of lights from its eyes as it sits on a post or again by its haunting song, which drops in both volume and pitch. That bird, when I first saw it, you know, like those little dolls that like, they're like made of plastic and you squeeze them and their eyes pop yeah. out. That's what that bird looks like. Oh my gosh. That bird is like the log version of that toy. They are creepy though, because I imagine you would not see this bird if it was night and you would just hear this noise. <sighs> yeah. It's like a very sad, scary though. Like it's like a widow noise. Like it is just very sad. Like I think it's so like disturbing. It is. It's it's super disturbing. I mean, also maybe the fact that it's found in Central and South America, so it's not a sound that you and I have ever heard at night when we're like camping in the woods in North America. So it makes it that much creepier to me. Gonna hit us with our final one. I got a good scene setting for this one. You and your friends are walking in the abandoned electrical plant. You hear nothing except the sounds of your own footsteps. It's dark, but you have your flashlights lighting the way. All of a sudden, your flashlights flicker, and the batteries die, and you hear this sound. It's just like so rhythmic. Like it's so rhythmic and consistent and it sounds like a buzzing alarm clock. Yeah, and I think it sounds like electric shock. Like when you've ever heard something like do a quick electric shock, that's exactly what it sounds like. Yeah, like you're strapped to an electric chair. Oh, I should redo my story. That's way scarier. Dude, no, I think it's perfect. Maybe I just like making up scary stories, but I don't want anyone to tell me a scary story because then I'll start crying. But you are good at being scary. Thanks. (laughs) It comes naturally. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so that bird was the corncrake. The corncrake is a super secretive inhabitant of grasslands, meadows, and hayfields, mainly in wild areas, not so much in urban areas. Found in Europe, but it does migrate to Africa as well, and you can also find it in parts of Western Asia. It is super secretive, so it's really hard to find it. It's a ground bird. It kind of looks like some kind of like quail or something like that, I guess, from like an overall structure standpoint. And I actually had read this article a few years ago. A corncrake showed up in New York. What? Yeah, like it migrated the wrong way. And it brought out like tons of birders from all over the country to come and see this corncrake that like ended up in New York. Like it was, I mean, that's a lifer bird for 
pretty much anyone, at least in North America. I don't think they had really had one ever show up here before. So it was like super, super rare. And I guess that that particular bird too, like did not give a fuck. And it was super animated and active and like didn't seem to care that like you know hundreds of people were scoping it out and looking at it little did we know it was just the one corn crake that wanted some attention it was like fuck y'all i'm going where i'm appreciated (laughs) i'm going to find my people yeah he found him Uh, so if somebody listening to this podcast was one of those people who went to travel to see that corn crake that showed up in the east coast of north america please reach out to us because i want to hear your story yeah that would be awesome Well, I feel like we've covered our share of spooky tales and spooky sounds. Yeah, I'm sick of making scary voices. Dude, you scared me. Mostly I laughed because I was so, I was so surprised that you were that scary. (laughs) Now that we've done some sounds, I think that we should also talk about some species that just remind us of certain things for Halloween. I'm going to start with one that deals with zombies. So zombies are a central part, I feel like, spooky Halloween lore. You've got movies like Night of the Living Dead, 28 Days Later, and even the hilarious Shaun of the Dead. Oh, so good. And while not zombies themselves, some of their tendencies can be found within the birding world. For this, we present the Great Tit. The Great Tit, due to territory limitations from climate change, is competing with other birds, particularly flycatchers now, for nesting space. Climate change has modified their migration timing and survival rates causing for these species to compete over the same nesting areas versus when one would be gone, one would be present, and they would share abandoned nests. The aggression of the great tit, combined with its claws, and while just some odd behavior, have caused for them to attack flycatchers when they're caught in their nests, Claw open their skulls and eat their brains. Yep, that's right. So when we had read this, it's basically because the flycatcher migrates and because the great tit doesn't. The great tit basically can take advantage of understanding when there's going to be food sources and like decides to nest based on that. But because the flycatcher migrates from Africa back to Europe, where the great tit lives, it doesn't know like what's going on with the climate up there regionally, right? So... Normally, like under most circumstances, the great tit is done nesting by the time the flycatcher arrives. But now with climate change, they're in the same spots and the flycatcher is losing that battle. Oh, yeah. The great tit has been caught eating the brains of its slain flycatcher victims, which is totally like a zombie and totally creepy. And as temperatures rise, scientists warns that these trends may likely worsen. Flycatchers, guard your fucking brains. Because that's insane. Aren't brains supposed to be, like, super nutrient-dense, too? Like, I don't know. I know marrow is, but I don't know if brains are. You don't eat brain on a normal basis? People do. People eat cow brain. Yeah. Oh. I'm not I'm not endorsing that. Don't eat brains. This is not what we're trying to get across. We're getting across this bird is creepy. Yeah. Don't be like the great tit or zombies. I mean, if you have great tits, that's great. <laughs> we're not saying we're not saying hide those girls. We're just saying don't eat brains. <laughs> we're all about great tits. Have great tits, but don't be a great tit. There you go. <laughs> that's what we really wanted to say. I'm going to use it as an insult. I'm going to be like, 
that girl is a double D great tip. Oh my God. No one's going to know except bird lovers that I'm actually just calling her a big zombie. That's such a stretch, Mo. You just wanted to say that double D great tip phrase. You're like, gotta say it. Gotta come up with a way to put it in here. (laughs) I'm stretching. It was good though. Okay, so another essential character in the spooky bird world is the vampire ground finch. Vampire ground finches are a member of the finch family. They're one of the special Darwin-type finches that have evolved strange characteristics as a result of living in the Galapagos Islands. So because of the, the different natural selection that takes place in the Galapagos, we have ended up with one creepy bird that likes to suck on blood. Ooh, like a vampire. <laughs> like a vampire. <laughs> I wanted to sing, touch like a vampire for the very first time. <laughs> like a vampire. Like a vampire. <laughs> Madonna, get on it. You got a whole Halloween album. Ready and waiting. Dude, why don't artists do Halloween albums the way that they do Christmas albums? I don't know. I wish they would. That's because it would just be the Monster Mash. Dude. 13 different remixes. Yeah, that's all it would be. That's such a good song. Actually, I have to send you something. If you listen to Comedy Bang Bang, every Halloween they play the Monster Mash, but it's all sexual themed. It's insane. It is insane. It's so good. We got to get them, like, take a detour for a year and do it about birds. Sounds great. <gasps> Maybe we should sing a, the Birdie Mash. We got to, all right, we're going to work on that. The Birdie Mash. It was a great big mash. The Birdie Mash. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, we'd have to work in the vampire ground finch. And the vampire ground finch was sucking blood. (laughs) I was out with my bins late one night (laughs) when my eyes beheld an eerie sight. Oh my god. Alright, let's 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 write a song. Let's everyone we are releasing a song as well based on Monster Mash for the podcast. We may not sing it, but at least the lyrics will be out there. Nope. I think we're going to put it on Instagram. So get ready for Halloween. That's going to be our Halloween special on Instagram. So make sure to tune in to at Bootship Podcast. Let's back up and let's talk about this finch. (laughs) Roll it back. Roll it back to before we made up songs. The ground finch feeds on seeds and insects. Typically, though, seeds and insects aren't in a high abundant supply as a food source for the ground finches on the island that they live. So they have adapted their eating habits to include drinking blood of blue-footed boobies. This behavior was first developed through a more symbiotic relationship in which the vampire finch was actually picking parasites from the boobies' feathers. So kind of helping them out and like being a good pal. But when their beaks would accidentally sort of peck into their skin and start drawing the blood... That must have been a bodily trigger to understand that this was a great nutritional source for them. The vampire finch now actively uses their sharp beaks to peck at the feathers and skin of the blue-footed booby until it draws blood to help enrich its diet. The booby seems to be a little more willing participant. Part of this I read was because if the blue-footed booby like tries to fly away or like disappear, there are like more finches that are just going to come out and like try to take advantage of what the one finch was doing. So they're more likely to be swarmed by multiple finches if they try to resist. So there's some weird shit happening in the Galapagos. Dude, that's fucking creepy. Like are all the other like vampire finches just laying in wait to see if this one screws up and then they're like hurrying up to catch its meal? Uh, Maybe. That's what I'm hearing. Super weird. Dude, so in the birding world, we have zombies and vampires. Yeah. 
creepy. No mummies or Frankensteins that, that we that we found, but I'm sure they're out there. Ooh. Oh, that was good. That was a spooky noise. That was a real spooky noise. We wanted to end this episode with some spooky legends and lores regarding birds from around the world. I'm so into this. This is so cool. Yeah. So these are all like historical lore. So keep your eyes peeled for these birds and listen to these omens as All Hallows Eve approaches. Ooh. The first one we have is that if a white bird or crow flies against a window at night, it foretells of a death in the house within a year. Oh my god. (laughs) What the fuck? Like, why a year? Like, you know that happened once and then someone died exactly like 364 days later and they were like, it was that bird. You remember when that bird hit the house? That's super creepy. Like, oh. Every time a bird hits my window from now on, I'm going to be like, oh my god, who's next? It's probably my house plants. That's probably what they're (laughs) giving the bad omens. Where it's like, dude, those plants, they're going to die within a year. Trust me. Someone in the house. It could be plants. Yeah, my kombucha scoby is going to die within a year. Mine mine would die right away. Another one is seeing two turtle doves, which I think typically represent love. Seeing two in a tree together means death is coming. I mean, that's a really bad omen for that Christmas song. Holy shit, I didn't realize that. Two turtle doves, death is coming to your house this year. Oh man, death is coming. And then finally, this one I thought was like, I think it's a really strange, very specific one. If a sparrow attacks a swallow and throws it from its nest on or near a home, a son will be born and a daughter will die. What kind of sexist omen is that? It is so strange. Like, it's so specific, too. Like, if a sparrow attacks a swallow, throws it out of the Mm -hmm. nest, it lands on your home, then a son will be born and a daughter will die. So does that mean, like, the sparrow is the son and the swallow is the girl? That is also sexist to imply that all girls swallow. (laughs) Just want to point that out. It's not always the case, people. I don't know. I thought I was like, wow, this one's really, really strange. Very specific. I would love to see the circumstances. Like, whoever was keeping their diary was like, okay, a sparrow attacked a swallow and it landed inside of our yard. And then our son was born. And then our daughter died. So clearly it was this event that happened. I mean, but that's, I feel like, how all lore is born is, like, someone looking for a reason like, why terrible things happen. Yeah, that's true. I love that one, though. Okay, I love this one because I'm just thinking about how many people this actually affects. But anytime you bring a peacock feather into the house, you are taunting death. And you're basically saying, death, come and get me. Which I'd like to point out, somebody gave me a peacock feather as a wedding gift. (laughs) So I don't know what kind of shit they were working. Dude, you know how many times between the ages of like 9 and 14 I taunted death? Because I was always like, ooh, peacock feather, ooh, peacock feather. You're just like hoarding them in your closet, like all the feathers. Come at me, bro. Come get me, death. I'm ready, death. Got you. Yeah, that's a strange one. I wonder where that one comes from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, here's another strange one that, especially after tonight's audio podcast, uh, hopefully doesn't happen to anybody. But if you walk under a tree in the evening and an owl hoots right above your head, it means a friend or relative of yours will die within the next year. It's that one year thing. Man. What's up with one year? I don't know. Maybe that's like the the capacity that people had to remember events that happened with birds. (laughs) (laughs) It's like anything more than a year, they'll be like, "Eh, well, it couldn't have been a bird because I don't remember any birds in the last 365 days. But there was that one bird a year ago. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, these are crazy. 
Another one that we found for bird folklore. So in Norway, if people are searching for a drowned body, if they row around in the body of water with a rooster in the, the canoe or the kayak or whatever that they're rowing, it's believed that the rooster would crow when the boat reached the spot where the corpse was. What the frick? Yeah. So like roosters have like death sensing dead body scans. And, and then they'll call out when they found the dead body. So they're basically like cadaver dogs in water. Cadaveroos. Cadaver- Get your cadaver rooster. If anyone has ever raised chickens like I have, roosters crow all the friggin' time. Like this is no indication of anything. Either that or there's dead bodies all over my yard. You know what happened once? Some like old farmer went and found someone who drowned and he brought his rooster with him and it crowed the entire time. And then when they found the dead body, they were like, oh, the, the rooster told us where it was, even though it was crowing the entire time. That rooster knows. So I have one for you that I found. In England, the stone chat, which is a type of chicken, is believed to be continually chatting with the devil. In parts of the British Isles, the chicken is thought as a bird of ill omen due to an old idea that he crowed for joy at the hour of crucifixion. Dude, that is legit what a chicken would do. Dude, I also think that one is dark as hell. Yeah. This chicken is celebrating the crucifixion and is friends with the devil. Like, how insane is that? But also, I want one of those chickens now. You would want one of those chickens to be like, hey, chicken, can you go talk to the devil for me? Like, this person cut me off while I was on the highway today, and I really need you to, like, put in <laughs> a bad word. That is the only time I really get mad. So, yeah, that's what it would yeah. be. <laughs> it really is the only time you get mad. Hey, chicken, I need you to talk to the devil because somebody took my candy today, and I want it back. Yeah, that I would also get mad about. And then we have one final folklore for you. From the Swedes. From the Swedes. That ravens were known to embody the ghosts of murdered people. I love that. I love the idea of ghosts and maybe reincarnation. I don't know. It's it's kind of unclear to me if this is like a reincarnation thing or it's more like the ghosts are inhabiting the body of the crow. I think it's more of like the unsettled death and murdered mm. people are embodied by crows. Love that. Love, love, love that. There you guys have it. It's some of the more spooky sounds, zombies and vampires living amongst us, and all the ill-bred omens of the world related to birds. This was like the saddest, scariest episode about birds that really doesn't have anything to do with birds dying themselves. Yeah. Except for the whole flycatcher great tip. Yeah, but that's just insane. Yeah. Mo, are you going to dress up as anything related to birds? Oh. I thought of going as a really abstract peacock and dressing up as a dick and covering myself with frozen peas. Oh, I like <laughs> it. Because at first I was like, wait, are you going to taunt death by just covering yourself in peacock feathers? <laughs> you know what? That's what I should do. I should just put peacock feathers on. They'd be like, are you a peacock? And I say, no, I'm taunting death. death. I'm a death taunter. No one would get it. And you would be isolated at the Halloween party. Or I could like dress up like a raven and I'd be like, oh, are you a raven for Halloween? I'd be like, no, I'm the ghost of a murdered person. Oh my God. <laughs> Dude, that was wow. so good. That is so Dude, okay. I feel like I'm really proud of you in this episode because you've gone way more spooky scary than I ever thought you would. It's because it's birds. Yeah, dude. The birds make it all okay. The birds bring it out of me. Well, we hope you all have the most spooktacular Halloween. And eat all of the candy, whether you're stealing it from your children, buying it for yourself from the store, just eat it all. And hit us up at hellobirdshit at gmail.com. Check us out on our Instagram at birdshit. 
and submit your comments for any bird-related costumes you're going to be wearing. Yeah, or even like, send us. You know pictures. what? I wish you were here. I wish you were here. We could go as like a couple's costume, <gasps> be a pair of binoculars. Oh my god! <laughs> oh, my mind is blown. We could go as the bins together. That would be perfect. Oh, bestie bins. Bestie bins. Oh. <laughs> You guys, we just got real emotional. Yeah. Oh, oh my oh. god, that's the best idea ever. Yeah. Okay, so stay tuned to Instagram when we release our Birdie Mash. Yes, it's song. happening. It is happening. I love writing songs. I'm really good at rhyming. It's gonna happen. Yep. So keep your eyes open for that. And in the meantime, keep your eyes to the skies. And have a spooky time. Spooky.